Welcome to Channel Waves, the podcast where channel leaders share success strategies, best practices, and emerging trends. Brought to you by Structured Web. Here's your host, Stephen Kellum. Greetings, Cameron Avery. Welcome to Channel Waves. It's good to be here, Stephen. It's good to be here, too. Sorry, folks, listeners, viewers. We're, we're sharing a little bit of a laugh. We started this about an hour ago, and Cameron had some uh, internet issues, and we had to move around quite a bit, but now we're back. Cameron Avery is an old friend of mine. He's the CEO and founder of Elastic Digital, which has been doing a lot of really good things for a while. I think most people in the space know who you are, but maybe you can just take a moment, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what your company's been doing. I think in particular over the past three years, kind of getting through the pandemic and moving past that. Yeah, sure. I, uh, hello, everyone. I'm talking to you from Sydney, Australia. My name is Cameron Avery. Uh, I am the CEO of Elastic Digital. Uh, we're a digital creative agency for the channel. So kind of the channel is our playground, is our tagline, because we have been doing this for 22 years. So I am aging myself. I had hair when I started my company. But um, the biggest thing that's happened, I guess, over the last three years during COVID is obviously the importance of giving, you know, certainly vendors giving their partners everything they need to be successful in a digital environment, meaning everything's online. So, in fact, digital transformation is not really a word anymore because I think it's happened. I think we're all there, but but now it's evolving, right? And we, we're going through that. The other huge transition is uh, my other job. Uh, Stephen is now uh, the CMO of the NextGen Group, which is uh, an Asia-Pacific distribution company. But the actual group of companies are, are forming to create this ecosystem, which is a growth engine for technology companies who want to get uh, foothold in Asia Pacific. So uh, that's been a fantastic uh, evolution from, uh, I guess, my current job. And now I have two jobs as the, the CMO of that group. But I think it's definitely relevant to our conversation today. We're a channel marketing automation platform, but I talk content every single day with our existing customers, with our prospects inside our organization. You're right, digital transformation has been a big mover for, for what's happened with content, but what's the direction on that? Is there, what, what's the trend with, with content today? I love podcasts. I'll try and keep it short and sweet. I do think there are some big trends that we're seeing at the moment. I do think brand agnostic campaigns are important, actually creating campaigns where your brand uh, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor is not front and center. You're actually a storyteller. And in that story, you're making your partners the guide to a solution that can make their end user the hero, meaning taking some of their pain away. The end user inside their organization rolls out a technology suite, becomes the hero to the story. And behind that is always the product and solution of the vendor. So that's flipping the model a little bit. It allows the partners to be front and center for them to be the guide in the conversation to the, to the end user. The end user becomes a hero because they install your Mr. and Mrs. Vendor's product and solution. So good storytelling is a big change. Changing the way you're thinking about campaign uh, creation is a big change. <laughs> Segway, not salesy, but don't try and get your traditional .com agency to do your channel agency work. Okay, a lot of vendors are listening to this and they say they're 100% channel, um, but what they're doing is just throwing kind of their current content across the fence. Um, into fantastic platforms like yours, Stephen. So I do think creating different uh, campaigns that are really putting the partners front and center is important. So brand agnostic campaigns, 
And I guess the other takeaway from that is that the partners, I think now are more and more important in that last 10% of the sales cycle. They really are owning the relationship a lot more. Uh, a lot of vendors back in the day, they were the, you know, the 800 power gorillas in the room. They were always going to win the business. Uh, in the SaaS environment, that's changing. It's completely fractured. New vendors are coming to market every single day and spinning up their solutions. So you've literally got to get front and center into that, you know, partner ecosystem, whether they're just referring or they're selling or whatever. Um, you, you've got to make them the hero to the story. I guess that was a long-winded <laughs> brand, trend one. Um, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Hold you, you, gave, you gave three trends. Hold on a second. You gave three trends. Let's, let's, let's unpack that for a second, right? Sure. Let's talk about the storytelling for a moment. I did a podcast with Megan Sullivan over at SAP uh, two weeks ago, and she thought storytelling was how we sort of change that status quo, something that we need to do. Question to you who are involved with vendors and, and deal with partners, the storytelling from a partner and the storytelling from a vendor can be two very different things. So how is that lining up and what really is working in that trend? Look, it's definitely different. You're right. There's two chapters to the story. Chapter one is two partner, getting them to the value proposition as quick as possible. Why, Mr. and Mrs. Partner, you should be rolling out this solution. It's going to benefit your business because of X, Y, Z. The margin's good, blah, blah, blah. All the things that are going to tick their box. So that is the first chapter of the story. The second chapter is actually empowering them to go and take that story to market so that it resonates heavily with their end users. That, that is the kind of trend that we're seeing is that you, obviously there's two partner, selling them the value prop, what's in it for them and their business. And then there's obviously the through, which is pushing out a story uh, to the end user that's obviously going to make them the hero. So how much is the partner involved in that? Because that story is, as you said, if it's agnostic, it's the partner's message, right? It's not, I'm not selling servers and speeds and feeds. I'm no. selling risk mitigation, business continuity. 100%. Yeah, you're selling a solution. And the other, okay, the other trend is multi-vendor tenancy campaigns. I do find now, obviously, alliances, and, and they're getting more and more important. But once you're now telling that story, as you mentioned, Stephen, it's a very specific story around some a resolution story around a pain point, is that partners out there are wanting multi-vendor tenancy campaigns. So there's multiple cooks on the line and they're telling a much greater story. They're not just being myopic and, and send, you know, selling that part. They're actually telling a greater story with higher probability of getting a sale from because there's multi-vendors in the actual story. Yeah, and, and that makes a lot of sense. I think that's why you have the events like Catalyst and you have partnerships and not to go yeah. totally on a segue on that, but folks are stopped being called channel chief, but now it's partner chief. So I, th I think there is a lot of co-selling. It's fascinating to me that they're pulling it together. Is that actually working though, right? Are, are the vendors successfully coming together with that partner to create that message? You're in the middle of that. What does that look like for any of our listeners who have either challenges doing that or just thinking about doing that? How hard is it for you? You're, like, you're in the middle, sorry, you're in the middle of creating content and you've got a vendor that you're working with. And then they want to do multi-vendors coming together for that partner, for that message. What does it end up doing for you who are creating uh, content for them? Well, the big thing is if we look back to the first one, the brand agnostic campaign, if you're telling a story around a combined solution of all these alliance vendors, do not let the brand police come in and try and batter you around, which means that you're going to, if there's, if there's three brands coming together, 
you've got to get right off the bat. You've got to say, right, we're going to build this story and it's going to be given to partners to make them be able to sell this entire solution. Uh, nobody's going to win on the branding front. We're going to make it an agnostic campaign, but you're all going to have, uh, you know, sales hooks in, in the actual story. So you're all going to win. That's a pretty big mind you know, change. I think there's, you know, a lot of vendors out there that are doing great things. But if you're, say, focusing, and now I'm going into my role as uh, the CMO of NextGen Group, but if you're focusing on, say, zero trust networks, there's a lot of vendors that can come into that space that you can join together. And that's, it's, it's pretty important nowadays to get that right. But bringing them all together into a cohesive story about the zero trust network, that's much more powerful to a partner than you just speeds and feeding solution benefits of one part of that story. So who's doing it right? One of the best things about podcasts is, and by the way, I think people just want to know what is working out there. So who's who's doing it right? Is there a certain segment in an industry that has sort of grasped without perhaps naming names, individuals? No, I won't name names, but yeah. <laughs> you can you can name names that you want. But look, here's a people want this is what I think people want to know. What's interesting, what's working, where can I find information? and tell yes. me some real stories that can help change my life, right? Yes, and I agree. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of high-level discussion up here at the 50,000 foot about ecosystems and all of this, and, 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 and it's true, but then it's if I'm listening to this, it's like, well, I need to know what's working, how do I action it, like truly actionable stuff. So I guess I'm very blessed having the two jobs as, you know, the, the CEO of Elastic Digital, building out the creative stories and then working inside the next gen group, which is, you know, for people in this call to simplify to say um, a growth engine or a distribution engine for Asia Pacific. So who's doing it right is I think cyber is doing it really well. It's a very uh, important story. Everybody's very interested about it. So I do think some you'll notice there are cybersecurity vendors, certainly that we're representing down here in Asia Pacific that are getting a story uh, together, not, not out of Asia Pacific, comes out of corporate, but it's trickling down. As I mentioned, say, Zero Trust Networks, there are multiple companies piecing their solutions together to come up with, you know, the ability for you, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, business owner, to be safe uh, through this Zero Trust Network. And, and here's how it all works together. Uh, and then telling it at a high level, getting them interested enough in a very short period of time um, to get to ask more questions to get in front of that talk to the partner or get a demo or something like that and better together animations i think to your point they're tactical let's go down to that level better together animations where it's two-dimensional whiteboard slick animations selling the better together story and then taking that tactical animation and then putting that into partner branded content so you can actually roll campaigns out for your partners in your tier one or tier two uh, and you give them linkedin posts nurture flow emails, landing pages, animations, all tied together. So that's kind of at a tactical level doing that. I think that's from this level down to actually execution of partners doing it. And I do think we all know, um, you know, we've got to make it, the coefficient of friction has to be very limited to get partners to execute. You know, they're very time poor, as you know, Stephen, you know, working at Structured Web, it's, you've, you've got to make it as easy as possible for them to execute. So what are some of the big challenges that they're facing? Actually, two-part questions. Some of the challenges, if someone wanted to get their content, the right content for the channel, is there a process to do that? And then what are some of the challenges through that, right? What I see the biggest challenge is direct marketing materials and content becoming channelized. 
I, I think that's just yeah. one I see, but I'm just curious if there are other major challenges a vendor would go through to to get good content for their for their for their channel. Look, I think it's um, great question. I do think a lot of companies say, "Look, we're 100 channel," yet they devote 90 of their marketing budget to direct. So that that's out. And sure, you might say, "Well, Cameron is the CEO of Elastic Digital." Of course, you're going to say that. I do think there's an imbalance there. But to their point, they find it very hard to find agencies that really play well in that swim lane. So find yourself somebody that works in that area that can convert your traditional marketing into things that partners want to execute, aka storytelling, brand agnostic, things like that. Then having a platform and system in place where they can execute it or actually take it and then put it onto a, uh, you know their HubSpot or whatever they're using as a partner. So I think they're kind of the key things. Is um, and then of course it's the, the big ones is cadence, doing it regularly, giving them stuff to constantly be going out and, and being a thought leader with, um, great communication to them and through them. Um, and then of course the other is the content is the most important thing I think. I'm I'm curious some of the best practices in that. So I'm, two questions. One is maybe you can talk about a few best practices in terms of of cadence and um, and different types of content. And then secondly, and I should have asked you before this, do you is there a place that they can go? Do you on your website or did have you written something that talks about that cadence? Like what's too much content? What's enough? When does it need be refreshed? I'm just throwing some things out there. You know, is yeah, it sure. small, medium, and large, you know, sizes of content? I'm just curious if there's like a best practices around a cheat sheet for people to go yeah. figure out how to be really good about getting the right content to partners. <laughs> You're looking at it. <laughs> no, you, you need to be, at least put it in a three-minute blog. Anyone can reach out to me. Listen, I, we, we do have a lot of blog uh, posts uh, on our website and our LinkedIn. If you follow us on LinkedIn, we're constantly, the team here, pushing stuff out um, through regular cadence on LinkedIn. So I guess that that's where it's at. I think ultimately it's, uh, we, we have one client that's brilliant at their channel. Like, and when I say brilliant, let me back up. They rolled out a platform. Um, they put some content on it. Adoption was low. Everyone, <laughs> of course, blamed the program and the platform. But then they started to go, well, wait a second. We, we've got to start, number one, leveraging this platform more, giving more to our partners. We've got to start treating our partners like a lead and nurturing them into the actual um, program. And that comes through sizzle videos, which sells the heat of what you're doing inside yes. your portal, like how easy it is, all of this wonderful stuff you can do. Then it's some hand-holding, getting them, teaching them to fish. Uh, whether that's the you know dreaded concierge or not, but you know it's it's, 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 it's a word we hear we hear. Look, we're a marketing automation <laughs> platform. It's pretty hard not to have yeah. concierge or or marketing agency attached to that platform. Yeah, we've all you know we've battered the field of dreams analogy way too much. But if yeah. you build it, no, they won't come. So, uh, but anyway, so to this to, for me to back up, this client realized it. So. They started doing uh, great content, a regular cadence. They started not just doing an email to an asset. They started creating, as I mentioned, good stories with multiple touches, multiple tactics. So they're leveraging emails, social posts, landing pages, um, and then even giving some separate assets to even do more social separately to drive traffic into the landing page. And they just saw adoption grow and grow. And what happened is they got their baseline, meaning their baseline users, kept creeping up. 
So it's like it's like any SaaS platform. They're monthly reoccurring, what is it? Or call it partner monthly reoccurring activity. <laughs> There's a new acronym I made up just yeah. then. But I, I do think that's a, that's a good benchmark because if you see that and then you get one more person doing another tactic, another tactic, over time, as you keep feeding the beast, adding the content in it, it's just going to be this progression up like any SaaS company. So I think that's kind of a... It, 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 and by the way, to, to loop back to this example, you know, they've gone, they've had about a 500% increase in adoption, but they're very passionate about it. And by the way, they put a lot of effort and a lot of time and a lot of money into building this engine. And you've got to, you can't just spin these things up and just think they're going to work. They're not. This is what I truly believe. Our job is to simplify channel marketing execution. We're not a content company. Our job yeah. is to make it so dang on easy for a partner that they can do a multi-touch campaign, um, and they can right. they can they can set up um, multiple uh, activities to run over a period of time. They don't have to do one-offs for it. they can set it up for a period of time. Um, they Perfect. can add things like um, uh, webinar syndication or personalized video that drives other marketing tactics as well. And so everything we're trying to do, we're trying to relieve the things that stress partners out in marketing activities so that they can get the most out of that content, right? We may not Absolutely. make the video, but we want to make the video easy for them to do and personalize, right? We surely yeah. don't make the webinar, but we want to make it easy. We don't make the email. We don't make the content that's attached to it. We want it to make it easy to access and easy to use because otherwise, not only are you not going to get people in the beginning, but you're going to lose people as you go along. Instead of what you were talking about, where there was going churn. Out, yeah, you're, you're you're going to end up with it actually going down. Partner churn. I think we've just created a. I think we've just created a whole bunch of acronyms around this. But by the way, you're right. Partner coefficient of friction, like you know, making yeah. it super simple. Yeah, is I like that. Partner one. friction. Yeah. Yep. You, you know that people decide whether they like a website in like less than a second today. I don't think it takes that long for people to look at a SaaS application. And, and figure it out. And if we're not doing a really good job, any of us on the on the on the platform side, they're not even gonna get to your content. Hundred percent correct. Yep. Now, here's yep. the flip side. Uh, question for you: What do you think about automation? Because if you're not using a platform, we've talked to several interesting prospects lately. I'm pausing because Christian might. I have to, might to edit this, that have said, oh, we have direct marketing. We're just going to load content um, on a content repository and hope our partners, they didn't say the word hope, and our partners will just show up and they'll use that content. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to crack you up, but I mean, come on, I'm the platform guy. <laughs> Listen, it's, whatever, it's not going to work. I look at platforms now, every campaign, they've got one template <laughs> for everything and they're just, but look, what, I, I'm not here to badmouth. It, it's I, I know what works. That's a, like I can just at least I can say I know that. Like I, I know what works. It's um and that's the stuff that I've mentioned earlier. But it's just a shame that that's kind of the way they think. I I, I just don't think that's the the way you're going to get part of adoption. Look, sure, if you're just throwing a campaign to go or you know campaign in a box for use a ten year old twenty year old term, um, partners might take that. But you know I, I think just teaching them to fish on, on a platform and showing them that it works. That's, that's a great way to, to just get drive adoption, the continuous adoption, as I mentioned. So, so last question, where, where is this all headed? 
What does this look like a year from now? This whole digital transformation piece where partners have had to figure out how to use content digitally is new because they were used to doing a lot of events. Is it going back that way? Or do you think we're just pushing forward and we're going to use more digital and platforms and the right content on that become even more more valuable, more important? Look, I definitely... Think, sorry, I think there's some jackhammering upstairs. Don't know whether you can hear it. <laughs> no, all good. Okay. Um, look, I don't want to segue now into, well, I do, right? My new, my other job as CMO of the Next Gen Group, I think, is a pretty good um, beacon on where everything's going and where we're all sailing. And it's, it's the merging of a lot of things together. Uh, to create a, a growth engine, admittedly for this company in this region. So what I'm saying is they've, they've, they've bought a, a stake in Elastic Digital. So they have a digital creative engine. They've got a, a, another company called O-Space, which does sales as a service, lead generation, partner identification, and basically they, they could be your sales engine. We've got the content, they link in together. You start growing, meaning they start generating leads from the content. They give it to partners. Those partners start selling that SaaS solution here in Asia Pacific. They grow big enough. Then the next cog comes in, which is next-gen distribution. So now you've grown big enough that you leap from O-Space and the Elastic Engine over into next-gen distant. Now you've got pre-sales, post-sales, sales as a service, marketing, NGO, like that is in, like that's crazy. But that that's why obviously I went. Uh, through um, with the deal. You know, I met John Walters. He told me the vision. Now I'm living it. And it, that's the future. So, and, and then of, to your point, having a platform in there. So at that early stage, you can keep doing this. Then as the, the vendor evolves into a bigger vendor in this geo, then we're given tr you know, traditional distribution, but there's also, you know, marketing automation platform. And then we've got kind of dashboards now. We've got people, platforms and process behind that engine, the growth engine. Right. I think that's the future because a partner coming into that is getting a big bear hug from a bunch of companies who are doing all the things that they need to be successful. And I think that in my eyes, that's the ecosystem, that's the future. Fascinating. I, I do think ecosystem is a very broad term that I think very quickly people have to put meat, but I'm going to leave it with that. There has to be meat behind the ecosystem <laughs> orchestration, right? <laughs> it does. It can't just be a concept. It's got to be an engine. That's why yeah. I love that word engine. It's got to be all those parts coming together, working in unison to, to drive the result we're all trying to get. Well, look, thank you, Cameron. We appreciate you taking a little time out of your busy day since you've got two jobs and you have to swim every morning in Bondi Beach. So, I mean, life is life tough, my friend. I swim this morning, but anyway. Yeah, no surfing, though, just to swim, right? No, yeah, yeah, that's right. My son wouldn't let me say surfing. He's a mad king surfer. But anyway, thanks, Stephen. I appreciate it. I really do. Hey, one last thing. Uh, what's the best way for people to get connected with you? I know you got a lot of good ideas how to solve some of these problems. Maybe the website sure. and how to connect with you personally, that'd be great. Look, easiest is LinkedIn, Cameron Avery. Just shoot me a message and I'll get in touch. No problem. Okay, thanks. All right, listeners, thank you for joining. Everybody have a great day. Cameron, thanks for joining us. Thanks, David. Appreciate it.